Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. You know, the last couple of weeks we've talked in depth about how and why some top college coaches somehow lose perspective and go off the rails when it comes to how they treat their their student-athletes. And we were talking about abuse by these coaches, both both verbal and occasionally physical abuse as well. But this morning, I want to take our conversation in a slightly different direction. That is, we all know that coaches often have a tremendously powerful, and in some cases, a a lifelong impact on our kids and the way in which our our children approach life. Now, I I don't have to, to lecture you about this. I mean, if you played sports when you were growing up, and I, I know that most of you did, then chances are good that you had one or two coaches who you really respected and looked up to. Chances are they were demanding, but they were also fair. And when you got a thumbs up of approval from your coach, well, it meant the world to you and to your self-confidence. It was a glorious feeling of achievement. But at the other end of the spectrum, you may have also encountered a coach or two who you didn't like all that much, or maybe they just didn't like you. Whatever the reason might have been, the bottom line was that you didn't feel yourself motivated to play for that particular coach. And, you know, going to practice uh, became more of, a, more of a chore than an opportunity to go out and have fun. And if sports are important to you, or they are important to your, to your son or daughter, well, having a top-flight coach is critically essential. So in today's show, I want to talk about the basics what makes some coaches great and some coaches not so good? And more importantly, how you as a parent 
you can do some real due diligence to help ensure that your youngster will play for a great coach. Now, let me first start with this. No, it's not always about the coach's one-loss record. The reality, the reality is true. A lot of great coaches have superb one-loss records, but that should not be taken as the key factor. There are some coaches who have, you know, as I said, great records, but they are not held in high esteem by their athletes. I mean, just the other day, witness the, uh, the conversation we had last week on the show, and, and I was thinking about this during the week. How about this case of Maggie Haney, the uh, gymnastics coach who had great, great success with her gymnast, but now has been suspended for a number of years from coaching because of her ongoing verbal and intimidating abuse of her young gymnast. So, as a parent, how do you do your homework in finding a quality coach? That is, how do you perform this due diligence before your kid is actually going to try out for the team? Because once your kid's on the team, things get a little more complicated when you run into situations with a difficult coach. So, okay, this is especially true, by the way, at the travel or club team level, because after all, you as the parent, you're the one who's going to be paying the bills. It's a delicate dance to be sure, but this is the world in which we live in these days when it comes to our kids in sports. And I'll take your calls this morning at one 337 There's a lot of ground to cover about this, but I want to start our conversation this morning with our good friend, Hall of Fame coach Jack Smithlin, because I know this topic is near and dear to him over his 40-year 40 uh, 40 career in coaching youngsters at the high school and now at the college level. Hey, Jack, good morning. How, how are you, Rick? I'm well, Jack. Now, I know this is, as I said, a topic that's something of great importance to you because, let's face it, uh, you know, we talk about the fact that coaches are come in all different sizes and shapes. Most people sort of look at a coach's track record, their one-loss record, and, and immediately equate the fact that, well, they must uh, be a great coach because look at their record. But that's not always the case. And, and as you and I have discussed many times, it has to do a lot with just how the coaches look upon their interactions with their, the members of their team, uh, how they go about their, 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 their sort of their approach, how they develop a culture with the kids. We both know that winning is great fun, but you can learn more from losing. But let's go into this whole issue. Like how if you're a parent and you are looking to make sure your kid is going to play for a really good coach, how do you do your homework ahead of time to make sure that that's the right coach for your kid? Well, you know, the, the weird thing about coaching is that basically what you just hit on is that you're going to find all different types of shapes and forms and even personalities. And, you know, we as, we as parents, you know, we need to remember that athletics, youth sports in particular, can teach our children really valuable life lessons and learning and give them great learning experiences, you know, if in the correct environment. You know, so when we look at for a coach, you know, we got to look for the type of person that we think is going to be suitable to mold our children, you know. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in the past by reading thousands of books and, you know, I have a whole library of life lesson books and, and sports psychology books, you know, we got to start looking for people that teach from the heart that actually have a heart, you know, like I spoke about last week. I said, you know, it used to be very easy to say, you know, just teach from the heart, just, you know, live it from the heart. 
But a lot of coaches don't have heart because of what you just mentioned about the win-loss records, you know. So, parents, the first thing you have to do, in my opinion, is do not look, like Rick said, and, and I believe I said last week too, don't look at the win-loss re- uh, records because, like we said, success is not always measured in wins and losses. What success is measured by is what kind of people you're developing, what kind of athletes are you developing. Are you developing a well-rounded individual that comes out of athletics when their careers are over, good people? Well, you're coming out with people that you really like, you know, get into their faces, make them make them very verbal and aggressive. So parents, you have to start looking at the coach. The first thing to do due diligence, and this is something that I just spoke to two very good friends about this week, is that research the coach. Google the coach, all right, because usually, in reality, if he or she has done something inappropriate, that's the first thing that's going to pop up on your computer. Mm-hmm. First thing, right. right? And it's going to tell you that he's had or she's had an issue and that maybe being investigated or has been investigated in the past, but, you know, maybe served their term or their punishment and are back because most people like that don't change. You know, change is the most difficult thing in the world to do. And when you do change, hopefully it's always for the best. So the things that you got to do is research it by Googling the person. Not only that, start watching this coach. You know, I I have a very good friend that you actually know that has a young son coming into athletics at a public high school. He's in a football program right now, which I don't agree with, but... And they have a winning football program. Very good. Just won the state championship this year and last year. But their coaches are suspect to, you know, verbal abuse or maybe being aggressive and things like that. And I don't know what the story is, so I'm not quoting anybody. But as long as that coach is winning and not losing and he hasn't actually physically abused the kid, that coach is staying. Yep. Right. Until maybe parents come forward and start complaining about him. But so you got to really go out and watch that person coach. You know, you talked about this with me and I, maybe you even said it last week. I don't remember, but you have said it on your past shows that if coaches have closed practices, be suspect of something, you know, because coach, I believe now, don't quote me on this and I will look it up and get back to you on it. But the NJSIAA in New Jersey has a policy that practices should be open. All right. And if you're outdoors playing football, there's no nothing keeping you or keeping people from coming and standing at the fence and watching your practices. So watch the coaches talk to people about past um, situations. There are kids that graduate. Speak to their parents. Speak to the kids themselves. So there's so many different ways, Rick, that you can actually really do your due diligence on looking for great coaches. You know, and one other thing before we continue is that when you're at the high school level, okay, and you're going to play public school athletics, it is almost like a crapshoot. You know, because of what I just said about mm-hmm. the football coaches or, or a coach that maybe has a history of being verbal and abusive and, you know, inappropriate at times. <clears throat> but if they're winning, that's too bad. You got that coach. So you better choose wisely whether you want your son or daughter to play for that person because they are the ones right now 
that are going to be spending more time with your children, teachers and coaches, on 11 hours, approximately 11 hours a day when a kid plays a high school sport, he's going to be with his teachers and his coaches. So, you know, they're spending more time with their teachers and coaches than they're spending with you, Rick. We're talking with Jack Smithlin, and, and these are all really good points. And again, you know, there was a time not that long ago in this country where, you know, parents didn't really pay that much attention uh, to, to the, the coaches because, after all, um, that's just the way it was. These days, as Jack has just alluded to, and I agree with this 100%, if sports are important to you or your son or daughter, then you have to take some time, and that's what it involves, uh, making an effort, taking time uh, as the parent to, to do some homework, do some advanced homework, do some advanced due diligence, and, and to check uh, on the coaches that your kid will probably end up playing for. Now, again, uh, these days there are other opportunities, other alternatives. Uh, you know, back in the day, just to, there weren't that many club or travel programs, uh, but you, you do have an opportunity depending on what your sport your kid plays, uh, and obviously that makes a big impact. But, yeah, even with the travel and club teams, you it's more important than ever for you to go out and, as Jack says, said, go to some practices, see what the practices are like, go watch some of the games, uh, because you want to make sure that you're going to end up putting your child into a program that you agree with the culture, you agree with the coaching, you agree with how things are, are transpire uh, in the interactions between the coaches and, and, and the players. Um, you know, let's be honest, uh, you know, you're, sometimes you say, gee, my kid's got a shot to really be on a really elite uh, program, uh, and so you're so thrilled and excited about that, you just don't do your homework. But again, it's not always about the one-loss record. It's more about how the coach uh, develops a sense of, of camaraderie uh, with, with their players. Do the kids, can, when you go watch these practices, do, are the coaches, are they, are they screamers and yellers? Are, are, they, are the practices well-organized? Uh, do the kids seem to respond? Do the kids seem to be uh, enjoying themselves? Are they enthused? I mean, these are the things you can get by watching in person. And as Jack just mentioned, if the practices for some reason are closed or not open to observers, uh, and, a, and a coach comes over to you and says, who are you and what are you doing here? You just got to say, I just uh, was curious about how you, about your team and your program. I'm just watching to see how, how it's done. I mean, that's, if they then say, well, unfortunately, this is not open to the public, that would be a concern for me as well. So these are things that you can do. Again, um, you know, you have to be careful, uh, especially with travel and club teams, because once you end up putting your kid into that kind of a program, you're the one who was paying the bills. And if once you're sort of a third into the season, if you decide that this is not a good fit for your youngster, it's very tough to then try to, you know, extract your kid from that team, that program, and then try to find another one for him. It's it's difficult. So it's so much so important these days to go out and do your homework first, Jack. I I, I, I wish parents understood this. You know, one of the things that used to be said, and it 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 is, in my opinion, right now, it is not true. But I've read this in in some articles and even some books that. Watching a coach during his games brings out his true colors, but that's not the case. Watching a coach in his practices bring out, brings out his true colors. A lot of coaches that are in game situations know that they're being watched. They know that there, there's an audience, you know, viewing what they're doing. But in practices, especially in the indoor practices, basketball, wrestling, and, and sports like that, 
they're not always being watched other than by the kids and the assistant coaches and anybody that might be walking through the gymnasium doing a practice. That's when a coach's true colors come out. That's the kind of person that you want to look for and see that that person is being, you know, trustworthy and and is respect and is being consistent and fair with his players. You know, good coaching and good relationships between coaches and players is, is one of the most important factors is building trust. And, you know, the number one way to build trust in today's society is to be a good person, is to be fair, consistent. That, you know, leaders who lead by example, all right, are the best leaders in the world unless it's a bad example, you know. And we have coaches and leaders that have led by bad examples. So coaches need to also, you need to look for a coach that's going to understand your child on the court and off the court, on the field and off the field. Because when I have a kid that I'm working with, and I'm working with college kids right now, and I thought the younger kids had problems, you know, the college kids have bigger problems, you know. And there's an old saying, young kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. And the point is, is that you need to know your kids inside and out and understand that every single kid out there is different. They're all individuals. You can't, you know, you have your golden rules. So when you're looking, there was a book I read once, Rick, and I told you about this book. It was called Inside Out Coaching. Mm-hmm. It's all about coaching from the heart. You know, our main goals as coaches, and I said this before, and I'll continue to say it for as long as I'm in the coaching and, and actually alive, okay? What we have to do is build good individuals. Our first objective is not to make great athletes. Our objective is to make great people, okay? Because great people will go on and do great things. You know, great athletes, once their athletic ability and their, and their, and their careers are gone, they become normal people or even, you know, maybe aggressive people and maybe great people. Who knows? But when you're developing the entire person, the entire kid, the entire athlete, now you're developing people that will succeed in life. You know, trust is such a big part of being, having a relationship. You know, if I'm going to be a follower and you're my leader, if I don't trust you, I'm not leading. I'm not following you. I'm not going to follow you anywhere. So, you know, Rick, it's not a hard thing to do. And one other thing I said before about high schools, you can pick your high schools, especially up here in the Northeast. We have some great Catholic athletic programs, you know, and believe it or not, you should always look for a school in, his, in their educational program, you know, in their academics first, not their athletics. But that's not the case in many, in many times. But up here we have some great football programs in St. Joe's and Don Bosco and Bergen Catholic. These are powerhouses. And people that want to play football and they want their kids to play football, they come to these schools. So in that case, you can actually pick your coach. You can look at those Catholic schools and pick out what coach you think best fits your child. So, you know, you can pick anything, colleges, high schools, clubs, and travel teams. But parents, do your job. Research it. And there's many other ways to go than what you and I have just discussed. Jack, let me – 
Let me let me, let me take ahead. a let me take a break here and take a time out. I, I want to continue uh, my conversation with you on the other side of the uh, the commercials. And yes, friends, we'll take your calls and comments as well at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Jack, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about you know uh, you know transferring schools if that's a good idea or moving your kid around because of, you know you feel it's a better fit for your kid uh, in a different school or different program. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue with the Sports Edge. The Sports Leader, Sports Radio 1019 FM, The Fan, WFAN. And back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking about what parents need to do in terms of their homework uh, or due diligence to make sure uh, to look around the landscape and make sure that they're going to find a really good coach for their youngster and for their youngster's needs in terms of their particular sport. And we're talking right now with Jack Smithlin, and we'll get to some calls in a second. You know, it's funny, I, Jack, I, I said for years on the show that when it comes to college recruiting, that uh, when your youngster is, let's say, a junior in high school, if they really think they want to go on to play sports in college, that it's essential that they go and go watch uh, practices and games uh, at the collegiate level to make sure they get a sense of what that coach is all about and how good the talent is and so on and so forth. Again, we're just get the lay of the land to do some advanced scouting, if you will, at the collegiate level. But now, over the last uh, several years, this is all sort of filtered down now to the high school level. Uh, and we talked before the break that, um, yeah, we, we, if you're a parent, you want to make sure your kid is, is looking around, going to practices, you're going to practices, see what's out there in terms of other programs. It could be, if you we mentioned before about travel teams, club teams, uh, high schools, you mentioned before the break about possibly uh, transferring from, let's say, a public school to a, uh, a parochial school or private school. Um, that sound, you know, a generation ago, that sounded like uh, that seems like it'd be, you know, weird and, and really extreme. But it's become commonplace these days, uh, not just in New Jersey where you live and have coached for many years, but you know, pretty much everywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't think we want to advocate to any parent that you want to make sure your kid hopscotches from this program to that program. But as you mentioned before, yeah, you know, you might find like uh, you want to take your kid to a better, uh, more, more, uh, a better coaching situation in a different school. What, what is your feeling about transfers and, and, and that kind of thing? Well, you know, just like anything else, and even picking the college, but picking the high school, parents have to realize that, they need their child, you know, you talked about in your book, um, the two parachutes. And, you know, the chances of your child going on to play college sports. Now, I know every parent that's listening right now is saying, oh, my kid's different. And you know what? That's a great feeling to have as a parent, to know that your child might have the ability to move on and play at the college level. But if you look at the percentages, okay, your child's chances of moving on and playing, even at the varsity level in high school, is very slim. Okay, and then when you go take it to the next step and go to college, take those numbers and cut them by 10 because it's going it, to it's going to be a very, very difficult thing. What is it? Less than less than two point two percent of all varsity high school athletes ever play at the college level. And that's all college levels, not just D1. That's D2, D3, JUCO, junior colleges, community schools, community colleges. So your chances 
are very slim to none of getting it to that college level. So when you're looking at transferring because of athletics, think first and foremost about the education that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, Catholic schools, Catholic schools today are, are bringing in more good teachers because they're trying to draw the better students and the better athletes into their school. But, you know, some of these big powerhouse athletic programs in northern New Jersey and throughout the United States and Texas and Florida and California, you know, these powerhouses are always the Catholic schools. Why? Because legally they're not allowed to recruit, but I'm going to say that probably the majority of them do in some way or another. So, you know, what I think is, listen, if you're going to transfer to a Catholic school other than the education only for athletics because you think your son or daughter is going to be the, you know, the next Michael Jordan or the, or, the, or the next Peyton Manning or something like that, I would think twice about it. I really would. And only because, listen, most of the schools that your kids are going to go to, the public school setting, are where all their friends are going to socialize at a better rate. I mean, they'll meet people at their Catholic schools, but you've got to understand, a lot of these Catholic schools, the ones I spoke about, Bosco and St. Joe's, they have kids coming in from Pennsylvania, from New York State. So these kids leave after practice. They don't hang out and, you know, and, and actually become very, very good friends. I mean, they'll be, they'll be comrades through athletics, of course, throughout their lives, but Kids that you've grown up with your whole life, kids that, that well, you've surrounded yourself, that's very important. So. The, con- the continuity factor is important. And again, as you said a few minutes ago, uh, it's all about, um, for the parent, you're the adult here, you know your child better than anyone, and you have to get exactly. a perspective on this. If your kid is clearly a cut above and is just a superior athlete and everybody acknowledges that he or she is just a, really just a, a rare talent, you don't have to worry about these things necessarily because you can exactly. look around and see and pick and choose where your kid wants to go to the school for high school. But, you know, if the kid is on the bubble or is still developing or is a late bloomer, these are the kids that it's essential that the parent finds the right fit for their kid. Now, as I said, it may be that, okay, well, I'm not sure this, the public high school is, uh, they have okay programs, but the coaches don't seem to be really motivated. They seem to be yellers and screamers. That's not going to work for my youngsters. So I think I should look around and maybe find another school or another travel program or something. But you got to get, you have to get involved in this because again, we can't emphasize enough that as a parent, you have to understand that that the coaches that your kid plays for, they're going to have a major, major impact, not only on their development as an athlete, but as a person. And, and I think that's where a lot of parents start getting a very concerned if they find their kid playing for a lackluster coach who says, look, winning is all that matters. Uh, I don't really care too much about uh, the, your stuff in terms of development. That's up to you as the parent. These kind of, these kind of warning signs are, are serious, and you have to take it all into effect. Um, all right, let me, let me, Jack, let me take some calls here because this is obviously a very emotional, okay. a very, very uh, difficult topic uh, for a lot of parents to sort of, you know, to, to confront and, and grapple with. Let's start uh, really? with uh, Jimmy okay. and, and Hope. Well, Junction. Jimmy, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you, Jim? Good. So um, when parents are looking for, for a coach, I mean, I, this is, you know, my opinion. I'm a high school coach, and I'm also a travel ball coach. Okay. Um, 
there's a couple of things that come to mind. And uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is what I do with my players. I make sure every single player knows that I care about them. I literally will tell my players that I love you mm-hmm. to let them know that I care about them. That's number one. Great. Number two, I believe, and you hear a lot of coaches say that, you know, they don't want to talk to parents. They don't want to talk about uh, playing time and this and that. And I, I, I disagree with that. I'm very approachable. I'll talk to parents all the time. It has to be a collaboration between the coach and the parent. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, it's the well-being of the player that we're trying to achieve. So by collaborating with the parent and finding out what the child's needs are or the player's needs are or whatever, um, it'll help you as a coach be a better coach to better serve that player's needs. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree 150%. <laughs> but Jim- it, it, it's all, Jim, it's all about exactly what you just said. You know, good people create good people. All right. And these these coaches that are at the complete end of the spectrum when it comes to violence and being physical and in your face, that's the type of person or, or at, that, at that particular time in their career, that's the type of person they're developing. Yep. So, you know, what you're doing is exactly what should be done. Know your players. I tell them, I have kids call me back from years and years ago. And when we end our calls, we say we love each other. We really do. And we do. We love each other. So you're on the right track. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, and, and the thing is, Jack, it, it's extraordinary that, at least to me, uh, in my opinion, that, that uh, coaches, not, not enough coaches embrace what, what Jimmy was just talking about, to be open and to, be, uh, yeah. to, to have that kind of communication uh, pathway with the parents who obviously are concerned. I mean, this to me and to you is, the, is, this is coaching. This is common sense. Um, but again, that's it, it, not always the case. It's just not the way it is. Let, let's, let's continue with our calls. Let's go to our friend Louis uh, over in Lindbrook. Hey, Louis, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. I just want to thank you. I'm great. I hope you're doing great as well. I just want to thank you for your great service and dedication to youth sports and young people. This show means a lot to a lot of people, and uh, it's so helpful to to everyone to educate them. Thank you. Uh, A couple of things I'd like to say is, um, uh, well, I've been coaching at Bourne College as the head soccer coach for a long time. I've been coaching for over 30 years. Uh, to the question of how parents should choose a coach, number one, I guess you use referrals. You ask teammates, families, mm-hmm. and coaches. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have to have a budget in mind. It can't be ridiculous because you're better off spending more money on academics than on, on than on their athletics. They'll go a lot further and a lot uh, better in their life and uh, also on the college level if they do this. A lot of people don't understand I think that how important academics is to the prospective uh, new college student, how important it is to do well in school. Coaches look at that. It's important for them. They can get academic money. Uh, Another thing is experience. What qualifications and licenses does the coach have? Uh, And uh, the parents shouldn't make a decision based only on social media. Try to keep those kids away from from the computer and, let them play more in, uh, on the soccer field. One final thing I think uh, is very important that it wasn't that important 20 years ago, but it's very important today is weight training. It's very important that a coach incorporates weight training, especially uh, when a kid 
turns around 12 years old. He can do one or two uh, two sets, 12 or 15 reps. Uh, you need a qualified strength coach. That's important to help a kid uh, in developing as a, as a student and as a player. It's very, very important. He can do that on his own, but it's good that he learns in the beginning with a qualified coach. That's something that, uh, you know, it doesn't only have to be uh, weight training. It could be resistant bands and jump rope. Jump roping is an excellent uh Excellent activity for for young kids. I don't see it happening though with a lot of a lot of coaches. And I think the parents should ask: Do you involve weight training? Do you involve resistance training? Get a little bit sophisticated in your questions to them, and then you'll you, you'll know if that's the coach that you want to get or not. You know, Lou, it's funny. I can recall when I was – show you how things have changed. Uh, when I was playing uh, pro baseball, uh, the, the, the well-accepted mentality was that, no, 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 ball players, uh, even at the professional level, you do not do any weight training whatsoever because that's going to bulk up your muscles and you're going to get cramps and muscle tears. And nowadays, you go to any – any minor league, uh, uh, you know, facility or spring training, all you do see is, uh, you know, tons and tons of weight training equipment everywhere because it's now done. It's all been a 180 in terms of the attitude. Uh, I know you're a longtime soccer coach. Do you find the same thing with soccer players? You want them also to be doing weight training and resistance as well? And that's the big difference between now and me starting coaching uh, 30 years ago. There wasn't weight training involved. We used to tell our kids. Don't do too much. Don't do any weight training yeah, because yeah. you're going to affect your muscles. Today, it, it's mandatory. You need to be doing this. Uh, and not only during the season, it needs to be something to be done throughout the whole year and maybe as a lifestyle change for everybody. It's very important, uh, even when you get older, when you get our age. You know, it's the weight-bearing exercise keeps the muscles strong, keeps you fit, keeps you healthy. So uh, I say start this at a young age and teach them the weight training, let them do jump roping, let them do resistance training. This is very important when you're training a kid. It's not about only the skills anymore. Yep. It's about uh, improving your, your strength, improving the mental alertness, which weight training does do. And uh, it, it just makes you work it makes you work a little bit harder. You can't just go on a soccer field and be kicking a ball and think that you're going to improve. You have to really get stronger today. Everybody, a lot of people are doing this, and it's a very important aspect of the sport. Lou, uh, good stuff. Uh, my thanks, as always, for, for uh, your wonderful in insights and opinions. It's very, very valuable to our listeners. Thank, thank you, Lou. Uh, Jack, before we take another break here, and I, I do want to keep you on, and we'll take more calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I just want to emphasize again, parents, you know, there's nothing you love more in your life than your kid, and if your kid is, happens to be um, fortunate enough to be an athlete and take sports seriously and wants to get better, uh, you have to pay attention uh, to this whole idea of like, uh, what's the next step for my kid in terms of their their, their athletic uh, development. And doing your homework, as we've been saying here in the show, uh, do your homework, find out who the coaches are. Uh, as Lou mentioned, and I agree with this as well, uh, I'm sure Jack does too, ask around, talk to other parents uh, in your community, talk to some of the athletes who have played for that coach uh, in the last few years. You really have to get a sense of what the whole sort of uh, landscape is 
if you want your kid to make sure or do you want to help ensure your kid gets to the next level. Now, that's not to say, not to suggest, of course, that, that a coach might come in and be a wonderful person, but may decide that, you know, I don't think your kid is going to be good enough to play at, at a, be a starter or to be an all-star, whatever. That's okay. That's, that's what it is. That's what sports and the meritocracy of sports are all about. But you want to make sure that your kid is playing for a coach who cares about your youngster, wants to see them succeed, wants them to develop, has a smile on their face, gives them a pat on the back, all these things which may consider, may, may parents think that these are just cliches, but no, this is what the kids need and crave. They want to play for somebody who cares about them and how they progress. All right, let me, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue our conversation about coaches and parents trying to find the right coach for your kid. one 337 6666 Hey, don't forget the uh, NFL preview follows uh, the Sports Edge this morning at 8 o'clock. And as always, I invite you to, to follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. And you can go, of course, to my website and read my blog at AskCoachWolf.com. And speaking of Twitter, I just want to take a, a quick moment uh, to, to personally thank each and every one of you, uh, all the hundreds of sports fans who wrote some very, very wonderful sentiments about my dad, Bob Wolf. Uh, my daughter, Alyssa, took to Twitter last week to point out that November 29th uh, would have been my dad's 100th birthday. My dad passed in 2017. And even I followed up and chimed in on Twitter as well. You know, Alyssa and I, we really honestly didn't expect anybody to respond. We just really wanted to wish uh, my father happy birthday. But suddenly the tributes poured in, and the theme of the responses, well, they were amazingly consistent. Because as accomplished as my dad was as a, as a Hall of Fame sportscaster, the truth is my father really prided himself on being just a very nice man who always had a kind word for anyone who met him. And that's pretty much what everybody wrote about him on Twitter, that he was just a wonderful, wonderful, very nice man. And, and that unexpected outpouring really touched me and my family, and I just wanted to thank you all. It, it would have meant the world to my father that it's more important to be known and remembered as a kind and decent human being than anything else. Okay, moving on. Uh, I, I Just really quick before I get back to Jack Smithlin and the callers, did any of you happen to watch the Coastal Carolina-BYU game last night? It was a big, big and exciting win for Coastal Carolina. But do you know the name of Joe Moglia? Well, Joe Moglia, he's the coach who pretty much is responsible for putting Coastal Carolina on the map in football. And Joe, who just stepped down as the head coach uh, last year, is, well, he's all about coaches who make a difference in a young man's life. His philosophy of be a man, which he has taught all of his players over the years, is all about, to all about teaching accountability and life lessons to his student-athletes. And I don't know if you know anything about Joe's background. You, you need, if you don't know about Joe Moglia, let me urge you to read a remarkable book about him and his life. It's called Fourth and Goal. It's written by Monty Burke. Uh, quick story is that Joe was a football player at Fordham, uh, who became a high school and college coach when he graduated. And then about 15 years later, uh, in order, quite frankly, to make some money to support his family, uh, he detoured into Wall Street where amazingly he advanced to become, I'm not making this up, he became the CEO of TD Ameritrade. 
and did quite well in terms of his uh, of his uh, uh, you know his his income for taking care of his his family. But when he got to be in his 60s, Joe decided he wanted to go back to his first love, that of coaching football. And he did. And he ended up as the head coach at Coastal Carolina. It's an amazing, amazing true story. It's called Fourth and Goal, again, written by Monty Burke about Joe Moglia. But let's, let's get back to our conversation this morning. Uh, and, and Jack Smithland, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's bring in uh, our next call. Let's bring in Mike Spina from Long Island, who I know has uh, been very active about this whole thing as well. Mike, uh, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you? How are you, Mike? I'm doing very. I'm doing great. Love your show, Jack. You're you're a great contributor to the show. Uh, when I was a guest, uh, I loved having you as part of my conversation. I uh, just want to talk about coaches in general. Uh, as you know, I've been a high school coach for 35 years. Yep. Uh, recently, I've been coaching my nine-year-old, and I own my own football camp, which we do anywhere from five to 14-year-olds, and we usually get about 200 kids a year. And the one thing that I've really noticed as a coach, no matter how old the player is, whether it's a male or female, you've got to be real with these people. And you have to be understanding and communicating with the parents as well. And the one thing that I've always done with every sport and every season was I always have a parent meeting. And I let them know that I'm not going to treat kids the same because kids have different backgrounds. Every kid has Very a different good. personality, but I do treat I do treat them fairly. And the one thing that I always want to tell everybody is this: I'm going to do everything to get your kids to reach their full potential. Sometimes it doesn't always happen, and those are the kids. Sometimes you have to pat on the back. Sometimes those are the kids that you have to give a little bit extra attention to. Mm-hmm. It's not always about winning, but you know, can as I, a parent, you have to do your research. You know, Mike, you just brought up something that was very good. And and I wanted to say this. In fact, I even jotted it down because I didn't want to forget it. You know, being almost 70 years old, my mind is fried half the time. But uh, so I had to write this down. Watch the coaches who pat your kids on the back when they make mistakes. Those are the coaches that you want. You know, we, you know, coaches and people in general, teachers and everybody, we're good actors, you know, and we act a lot of the times during, during the day, and we hold things back, you know, but when a coach can take a kid after making a mistake, take him out, put your arm around him, pat him on the back, tell him don't worry about it, then discuss it later with him, that's the kind of coaches that you want. But when they're only patting guys on the back when they score the touchdown at a winning basket or the winning goal, you know, those are okay, but like Mike just said, Mike, you hit it right on the head. Those are the coaches you want. Those are the kids that you got to praise. And like you said, they're all individuals. You got to treat them fairly, be consistent, and build trust because trust is earned. And, it's and not Mike, given. Mike, I know that, that's, that's a good good observations. Mike, I know you mentioned in, in, a, in a Twitter note about the coaches. You can basically there are coaches. Some coaches out there just care about about the wins and losses. Some just care about how much money they're going to make for themselves. And some coaches, like you and, and Jack are talking about, really do care about the kids and want to do the right things to to get them uh, to the next level to make sure they are developed as not just as athletes but as people as well. Well, that's what we're trying to teach as coaches, and it doesn't matter what level. We're trying to teach these kids to grow up as young men and ladies. Because I do coach both, you know, with the girls' basketball. And, yes, there are, and I've seen it with the youth sports, where there are some organizations 
that are all about money. I mean, I had a, a group basically tell me, if you don't think your kid is going to be a major leaguer, then this is not the right place for you. I got a nine-year-old son. I said, who, who are we kidding? He's nine years old. I just want this kid not, and I'm, no disrespect to the lacrosse community. You know, this is baseball right now for my son. I want My job was to make these kids want to go out on a baseball field, which is a, a very tough sport to coach, yep. and not want to pick up a lacrosse stick, especially out on Long Island. Well, I, I, you know, it, it's it, it's – it is difficult uh, for, again, the parents, unfortunately, as you know, as both you guys know, parents have great expectations for the kids, and sometimes they, they let their, their dreams, um, you know, go too far in the sense like saying, well, my kid's nine years old. I mean, I, really? Can we just teach them the basics of how to play the sport before we start worrying about whether or not they're on the fast track to go play for the Yankees or Mets? It, it's, again, keeping, keeping all this in perspective is essential, and again, the Coaches have to sort of, as you guys both know, you got to deal with deal with the parents who have these kind of uh, great dreams for their youngsters. But again, it's not it's not easy. Hey, hey Rick, Mike, can I make one last go, point? Yeah, go I'm go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Sure. And I, I just want to piggyback on what Lou said uh, before about the education. And like, my daughter's a senior, and she's trying to get scholarships for dance. And and I see where the merit comes from. And the merit comes from education. Do you, can you imagine if parents spent a quarter of the money on tutors for their kids, a quarter of the money, as they do on trainers and travel and everything else? These kids would be going to school for free and getting academic scholarships and merit. Division One and Division Two scholarships are very far and few right now. Yep, They're splitting them. They're not full rides anymore unless you are in the top 1%, elite. But there's plenty of money out there for kids to go to college for an education. I agree, 100%. You know, be, before we get off, one last thing. That book I was telling you about, it's called Inside Out Coaching. And then the subtitle is How Sports Can Transform Your Child's Life. Yep. And it's by Joe Ehrman, an ex-NFL football player. Yeah, it's a classic and book. it's all no about question. what you're talking about, right. exactly what we're talking about here. And parents, do your homework. Do your homework. Remember, it's up hey, to you and your children to build and and find a new uh, find a good coach. It's up to you. Hey, so, Mike Spina, th- Mike, I'll let you go. Mike, thank you for your your, your contribution. Is always uh, good stuff. And uh, yeah, we wish there were more coaches out there like yourself who really do care about the kids they're coaching. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Jack, let me just we're running out of time here. I, I you know I do want to just sort of summarize all this again. Uh, because, you know, parents are obviously, um, this is all falling upon once again into their lap, on their shoulders. Uh, there are a lot of choices they're going to have to make. Uh, and, of course, the, nobody knows their child better than the parent. But there's a decided difference between a kid who comes home and says a coach doesn't like me because he's, he's picking on me or he's mean to me or he's bullying me as opposed to a coach who was just, quite frankly, fair and demanding of their youngsters uh, to, to work a little harder to do this more and more. Uh, and that's, that's always a tough call for the parent because we know these days there's sometimes an instinctive sort of knee-jerk reaction is saying, oh, uh, my kid's playing for a, a coach who's a bad person or a bad, bad per- individual. They're, they're too mean to my kid. 
That's not always true. Sometimes a coach is just trying to get the youngster to work a little harder, to press themselves, to get to the next level. So it's, it's, this is not easy. It's not easy. And again, coach, uh, parents, do your, as you said, we've said all this entire hour, do your homework, look around, see what other, other programs are like, see what other coaches are like before you and make a decision as to what's the next step for your youngster. Well, you know, you, you, you summed it up very well. I mean, like I said, a lot of this stuff that I've learned, I've learned from you. And like you were talking about your dad before, before we get off, yeah. you know, you just, proved, you just proved the point that something that I said last week, that, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and that goes with coaching, too. So remember, parents, you know, you want coaches, you want coaches that are going to mold and develop your child as a good human being, not only as a great athlete. Your dad did it, and you're doing it now, Rick, and you've done it with your children. So remember, follow the rule that what's good is from your heart, okay? If you can't teach from your heart, find something else to do, really. Love you, Rick. Thank you, Jack. That's a, that's a great, great way to, to uh, end the show, and, and I, I very much appreciate, as you know, every week your, your thoughts and comments because they're right on target. I know uh, you get a lot of great feedback from, from listeners uh, and from your followers as well because this is, uh, from my perspective, and I think for I speak for a lot of the people who follow the sports, said there's nothing more important in your life than your children, and if their kid is an athlete or aspires to be an athlete, uh, we touch on topics we feel are extraordinarily relevant and pertinent to what we're trying to to get across jack smith and my thanks as always um you know i i, I just want to end the show by talking about the fact that uh, what mike spina mentioned and that is something you hear and unfortunately a lot of parents sort of say yeah i know that uh education comes first uh but again i we have to basically hammer this home uh yes less than four percent uh all high school varsity athletes ever are good enough to go on to play in sports in college at any level. And I've been the, the ones who get money, it's even less. Uh, and, and the fact is, there is money available for those kids who are really good students, who work hard in school, and that'll help pay the bills for tuition, room and board as they go on to the next level. They can still love playing sports, maybe at the club level in college, but for those kids who really want to make a difference in this world, get them on the right track, get them thinking about how can I improve my grades so that at the next level, I, can, I, don't, I won't get saddled with college debt when I get out of school. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.